0: Hello everyone, I'm Dalton Burdell. I'm Nick Iricchio. And we are the Movie Nights. Well, some of them. If you're watching this because you want to hear our uncensored... Unfiltered. Thoughts and opinions about the world of movies and entertainment news, so kick back. Relax. And thank you for being part of the conversation. How's it going, bud? Good, how about you? Doing good, doing good. I'm really excited about the show we got for everybody today.
1: I think so too. It's going to be a good one. It's going
0: to be a nice, easy, smooth show. No technical issues. No, no scheduling errors. Just... The show.
1: Sunday, microphone's ready to go.
0: <laughs> I was waiting on your third one. Yeah, no, that was I'm it. sure there was a third that one. Was that all was all I got, one. yeah. All right, let's go ahead and dive in, man, what you got for us.
1: Yeah, no, so the first topic comes to us from Deadline. Warner Brothers has officially set a sequel to the movie Constantine starring Keanu Reeves with uh, Francis Lawrence, the director, returning.
0: Yeah, so this is actually some really surprising news that came out of last week. Um, For those of you that don't know, John Constantine is a character in the DC Comics world. Kind of has a love-hate relationship with that world. You know, this movie, if you watch this movie, you wouldn't know that. But, um, you know, in the comic book world, he deals with all kinds of characters. The character recently appeared on uh, the CW-verse. He had his own show called Constantine for a while. But his comic, I believe, is called Hellblazer. I'm not familiar with Hellraiser. The Hellblazer, always. I believe, yeah. I believe is what the comic Hellblazer mm-hmm. is. What I'm going to go with Hellblazer. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. But um, it was a really interesting book. Um, the movie is not like that, and actually, at the time when the movie came out with Keanu Reeves, it wasn't very well liked. A lot of people were disappointed by the changes they made, and the people who weren't familiar with the comic just like didn't know what it was or was supposed to be. And it, it kind of just came and went. But over time, you know, over the over the course of over ten years. It kind of has gotten a cult following. This film, this 2005 Constantine film, and Keanu Reeves always spoke openly about loving playing the character and wanting to do more. But it was just kind of something they're like, oh, you know, it's kind of it was ahead of its time, and now it's passed up. Well, like you just said, Deadline is reporting that there will be a sequel. Finally, I'm going to pull this from Deadline. Warner Brothers will develop another installment of the 2005 supernatural thriller Constantine, and the studio is reteaming star Keanu Reeves and director Francis Lawrence, who made his humming debut. On the original, Reeves will reprise his role as a supernatural exorcist and demonologist, John Constantine, who in the original is dying but stays around to save his soul by keeping demons from hell from breaching Earth. He also gets between a battle between the archangel Gabriel and Lucifer, very biblical, cool stuff. Sounds
1: awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch this.
0: And Lucifer, yeah, the show is a DC character, and that Lucifer is like the one that Constantine goes against oh okay not like the actor but like for example when they did the cw crisis on infinite earths yeah lucifer from the tv the very popular tv show showed up and had a scene with their constantine oh that's was very very interesting and cool that they did that uh but yeah no so i'm excited about this Mm -hmm. it's been i will admit it's been a long time since i've seen the constantine movie sorry if you can hear hendrix playing with his dog toy out there but it's been a long time since I've seen the Constantine movie. I'm gonna have to rewatch it. But um, I remember thinking it was fine. Like I was a kid when I saw it, and I would never read the comic at that time. Yeah. And um, it's I love Keanu Reeves. I love that they want to do this. That's the most exciting thing. And Francis Lawrence, good filmmaker. I, I think I'm in. You know. And hopefully, as part. And what I find really interesting is like with Warner Brothers, all the cuts they've been doing and all the st- like the money saving. They're like, and we're greenlighting Constantine too. Yeah. It's like. Okay. I, I mean, guess. I mean, depending on what,
1: how much it was made for, it says it made 200 million at the box office. So yeah. I imagine that was probably
0: a hit. M- maybe. Actually, I'm gonna look that up. I'm curious.
1: Yeah. Um. One thing I think that's interesting about that is, um, I saw an interview with Keanu Reeves a while back. I think it was he was on one of the late night talk shows, like a Jimmy Kimmel or mm-hmm. something. And he asked him, he's like, "What character do you want to play again? That like no one ever." On the street is like, yo, when's when are you gonna be this character again? Mm-hmm. And he's like, now think about your answer for a minute because now it's gonna cause a whole havoc. And yeah. he straight up said, like, I loved Constantine, I'd yeah. love to do Constantine again. Yeah, and no one talks about Constantine. Mm-hmm. And this was years ago. Maybe I don't even think so. I think it was like promoting.
0: Bill, was it Bill and Ted? It might have been promoting Bill and Ted or something.
1: Okay. Um, within the last year or two. So I mm-hmm. think it's nice to see that actually yeah. someone, <laughs> someone at Warner Brothers was listening
0: and went, oh yeah go on yeah so like honestly i'm just surprised that this is surviving all of the, the, acts like, of the acts, like, well i'll be honest i don't think David Zaslav knows it's a dc character so that might be it <laughs> but, but uh which would be funny yeah but uh yeah no um also i looked up the uh box office it was made on a budget of 75 million so it made three times the budget so it was a, it was a success
1: i guess you said it just critically wasn't well received yeah
0: it wasn't very well critically received at all okay so yeah that's the news uh, Constantine 2 officially happening which is very surprising what do you guys think let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story Nick what do you got for us next
1: next one comes from Deadline as well in a slew of uh, HBO Max original movies swapping to theatrical uh, the latest one is Magic Mike's Last Dance the third installment of the Magic Mike franchise uh, starring you know Channing Tatum and all them Uh it will be coming to theaters winter 2023.
0: Thank you. And first of all, thank God that this film is coming to theaters. Finally. And uh, we, we've seen this trend with HBO Max. Speaking of Warner Brothers, you know, continuing that trend. Yeah. Um, either your film's getting canceled or you're getting promoted. And luckily in this case, this film got promoted. Yeah. We've seen this happen with Blue Beetle. We've seen this happen with Evil Dead Rise. And now it has happened with Magic Mike's Last Dance, which I believe has Soderbergh returning to direct if I'm not mistaken but yeah i'm gonna pull this from deadline keeping in line with warner brothers discovery ceo david zaslav business belief that movies are destined for theatrical not streaming the originally conceived steven soderbergh directed hbo max three equal magic mike's last dance is headed to theaters on february 10th 2023 which is super bowl weekend warner brothers already had their date set aside on the release calendar there's a window between theatrical and hbo max with premium vod in between as i understand says the writer of the article The Three Girl Returns franchise stars Channing Tatum, Selma Hayek, Caitlin Gerard, Gavin Spooks, Reed Corlin, who wrote the screenplay. Gregory Jacobs, who directed the 2015 hit Magic Mike XXL, returns to produce along with Carolyn, Nick Weichler, and Peter Kiernan. I mean, quite frankly, I liked them both equally. They're they're both good movies. Yeah. And they're shot very well. That's what I'm saying. Like I <laughs> yeah. didn't.
1: If you told me that he didn't direct the second one, I yeah. was shocked by that information. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. But like, th- they're both fun, and they're both yeah. and they're both good. Move like they're good movies. I think the first one's better than the second one, but like they're both good. Yeah. And like, here's the thing. They're fun. You know. Like people are gonna have a good time watching this Super Bowl weekend. I'm generalizing here, but all the husbands are going to watch football, then all the wives get to go watch Magic Mike. It's great. I, th-
1: I think what's interesting, too, is, yeah, they're funny. There's also, like, some good character work yeah, on, like, all of them. Especially
0: with, like, the, with the lead character. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like those movies had no right to be as good as they were, especially based Agreed. on, like, how they were marketed. Yeah. Which... If you go back and watch like the trailers, you're marketed a very different movie than you get, which yeah. I love when stuff like that happens yeah, and personally.
0: Also, the Joe Manginello dance sequence In and, the convenience store. Is it the second one or the first one? I think that's the second one. Second one. It's one of the best movie scenes I've ever seen. <laughs> when in he's my in life. the convenience store yeah. trying to like seduce the clerk. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Amazing stuff.
1: No, oh, I'm I'm very excited for that. I I'll say it. I'm loving the Channing Tatum Resurgence. Yes. I'll be honest, I was never a big Channing Tatum guy. He was fine, he was just kind of typecast in the same type of roles. And I think he's really pivoted now. All of a sudden mm-hmm. he was in nothing for a bit. And then we had like the Lost City. He was in Free Guy. He had a Cameo in Bullet Train. Yep. Uh now Magic Mike is back. I'm loving yeah. where he's found himself yeah. in this yeah. world. Yeah,
0: he took some time off, but now he's he's coming back with a vengeance. He's yeah. having he's having fun. And I think that's I think that's the big that's thing. That's what's really fun to see. And by the way, for those of you that don't know, Steven Soderbergh. Uh, Very famous director of such films, such as The Oceans 11, 12, and 13. Mm -hmm. He directed um, Logan Lucky, which was so good. Logan Lucky's a good one, yeah. Um, He also directed some really popular films. He directed... um, Did did he do Crash? What's that movie I'm thinking of? Oh, he directed Aaron Brockovich. Hold on, there's one that I'm forgetting that's going to (laughs) fucking eat at me if I don't get it. Traffic. Traffic, Sex, Lies, Videotape. You know he's he's directed a lot of mm-hmm. great great films.
1: I see only positives in this story.
0: Yeah, no, same. I I'm really glad that it's going theatrical. I you know Zaslav is a madman, but one of the things I mostly agree with him on is like put movies in theaters first. They actually do better on streaming when you do it that way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's great. What do you guys think about Magic Mike's Last Dance going to theaters instead of its original HBO Max release? Let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story, and this one I'm particularly excited about.
1: Yeah, this next story comes from the Hollywood Reporter. Uh Blade Runner twenty ninety nine limited series is a go at Amazon. Ridley Scott will serve as an executive producer on the show from Shining Girls creator, Soka Lusa. Lucia. Fuck
0: yeah, man. I don't know who has the exclusive on this story. It was kind of just like done in a press release, but mm-hmm. like all the major trades have confirmed that the series Blade Runner 2099 is a go at Amazon. First of all, Amazon's got schmoney. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, we knew they had money, but like the Lord of the Rings show, how expensive that is, you know it's not going to be cheap to make a Blade Runner show. Like, first of all, can I just say, thank you, Amazon. <laughs> I love the Blade Runner franchise, if you will. Um, I, although I have not watched the Black Lotus anime. I heard it was good oh there's an anime for it yeah oh i heard it, i heard it was pretty good um i love the first film i really love the second film i you know they are beautiful films ridley scott denisville new and the fact that this is canon and it's taking place after 2049 i'm just excited to see the story continue like i was really especially the in the second one all the backstory we were getting about like the blackout and all like the revolutions going on and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really interesting and especially with where it ends, there's a lot you can do. And I know it's going to be like 50 years later. So I'm curious to hear what the backstory was from how 2049 ends. Yeah. And, um, what I'm really most excited for is like Blade Runner. It was both examples of, they made all time great movies, the first Blade Runner and the second one years apart. Both of them tanked at the box office. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, like in the film community, Blade Runner was a very popular film. But for some reason, in the wide general going audience, it just never clicked the way it should have. So, my hope is with the Blade Runner series, since it's on TV, it's more accessible. If they market it correctly, that's the gold. Because mm-hmm. I will say, 2049, great movie, horrible marketing. Mm-hmm. Horrible marketing. I think if you can market a Blade Runner show and spark that interest of Blade... What is this? They look up Blade Runner. Oh, it's movies. I just think that in the end, this is going to get more people to see Blade Runner. <laughs> and that that's what we want at the end of the day. I'm excited for that. Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts on this series and are you looking forward to it?
1: Um, yes and no. I have some hesitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really need to personally revisit the franchise because the first time i watched blade runner was with you when Mm -hmm. we were in college Mm -hmm. and we started that movie at like 11 o'clock at night yeah which i was already in bed Mm -hmm. at that point you know what i mean so i feel like it was just so much to take in and process and then we only watched it that late because we were seeing the second one the second one the next day yeah so i then immediately trying to process that scene the new one just like all the whiplash and
0: both are very like thematically heavy like you need a, a moment after exactly. watching both of them yeah
1: so I, I I do think I need to re-watch them I think mm-hmm. that from my recollection I remember them being very well made especially 2049 mm-hmm. uh which was directed by Denis, um, Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve who did Arrival
0: he did Arrival he did Dune
1: yeah Prisoners yeah I could tell how loud it was
0: <laughs> he, does like he, loud he movies. likes a loud
1: movie yeah um so but I do love some sci-fi And so if you're going to give me a sci-fi with good IP, then absolutely. And Amazon's not afraid to put money into things as we've seen with the boys, as we've seen with, uh, I mean, I haven't watched Lord of the Rings, but I've heard the production value on it is ridiculous. Yeah. So I think that, I think it's a good home for it if that's where it needs to go. Uh, is there anything about like Harrison Ford, Gosling returning?
0: Uh, no, nothing on that yet. Okay. Um, I mean, fifty years. You kind of. Have... I have a feeling that they're going to say Harrison Ford is dead, mm-hmm. and that it looks like mild spoilers for Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It looks like Ryan Gosling's not making it too far. Yeah, I, think, I mean, it's ambiguous, but like you know, yeah. Theoretically, he could come back. Of the two, I just
1: don't think you're getting Harrison Ford, even if the character could live that
0: much yeah. farther But I mean, hey, if the character is a replicant yeah he could be which dude by the way genius they didn't answer it in the second movie but all i'm saying Uh, is that
1: harrison ford seems like the only character he likes to play is indiana jones yeah so the fact of going back the fact that they even got him for blade runner again like impressed me
0: yeah it was it was an interesting one to say the least yeah but yeah no you bring up a lot of good points i'm excited and again i just hope that this leads more people to watching blade runner what do you guys think about this let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story and this one this one is going to have cause interesting discussion. Go ahead and kind of give us the whole rundown of what's going on.
1: So should I just kind of do both headlines back to back just to give... Yeah, let me let me do some background about yeah. Hulu. Yeah.
0: So a few years ago when Disney bought Fox, which was this huge deal that happened, yeah, a really interesting thing went down. They put in a bid, I think it was for 40-something billion dollars. It wasn't a bid. They, had, they made a public announcement that they were going to make this transaction. Mm-hmm. But legally, other people are allowed to bid. So Comcast, they make this whole announcement, PR announcement, like Disney's buying Fox. We're so excited to be blah, 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 blah. And Comcast is like, we're going to bid $54 million for it. And Disney was like, fucking hey. And they ended up paying like 70 billion for Fox. And Comcast, in my opinion, had no interest in buying Fox. They just wanted Disney to pay more for it. and they they're pulling a similar move with this because when disney bought fox they acquired their stake that they had in hulu originally disney fox comcast and i can't think one other studio had um shares of hulu the uh famous streaming service and hulu when disney bought them disney became majority shareholder which means they disney now owned hulu but They don't fully own it because Comcast still has a remaining, I think, 25-something percent stake? I'm not sure the exact stake. Comcast still has stake in Hulu. We've known for some time that Comcast is looking to remove its sports from Hulu and putting it onto Peacock to promote Peacock. But... While we've been thinking that, we've also been thinking on the Disney side that Disney, once that happens, once Comcast gets rid of their share, Disney wants to take Hulu and just merge it with Disney+. Plus. At least that's been like a prevailing theory. Mm-hmm. Well, throwing it to you, some fun stuff is going on with that information.
1: Yep. Uh, so one, comes, one of these headlines comes to us from Variety, the other mm-hmm. from The Hollywood Reporter. Yes. So Variety is saying... Comcast would be interested in buying Hulu from Disney if it was up for sale. Then over on the Hollywood Reporter side and the Disney side, Bob Chapek says Comcast would need to offer, quote, reasonable terms for Disney to buy Hulu steak earlier.
0: Yeah, so basically what's going on is um, there's a time limit on Comcast's stake in Hulu. I think I believe it runs out in twenty twenty four. Yeah. According to Hollywood Reporter, the 2024 deadline is when Comcast's remaining stake in Hulu gets removed. Unless they, you know, make a deal to up it. Um, And this is what Bob Chapek had to say in regards to that. There's a little bit of consumer friction in terms of having to go out, out of one app and into another app. So as long as we think... So I think we long-term can avoid that, but 2024 is not far away. We'd have to have full ownership of Hulu to integrate it into Disney+, which is what we always said they were going to do. Yeah, We would love to get to that end point earlier, but that obviously takes some level of prospensity and the other party have a reasonable term, blah, 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 blah. He's basically saying like, look, we'd love to do it before that, but they'd have to make an offer to us. And if you read the articles and you go on, apparently their stake, Disney claims their stake is worth about $8 billion. That's pretty good sake yeah (laughs) but on the comcast side this is what comcast ceo has said in another attempt to get disney to pay more money than what they're wanting to they're doing it again like they did with the fox deal the comcast chairman i'm pulling this from variety the comcast chairman and ceo of hulu a called called i'm sorry let me restart and use english The Comcast chairman and CEO called Hulu a phenomenal business and said if Disney were willing to sell it, the cable and media giant would be interested in buying it out. (laughs) Hulu is a phenomenal business. Its scale is fantastic. It has wonderful content, Robert said, speaking Wednesday at a technology conference in San Francisco. If it was up for sale, Comcast would be interested in buying Hulu 100%. I think Comcast would be interested in buying 100% of Hulu and others would, I think, as well. So... Basic okay, so here's the correct breakdown. Disney owns sixty six percent of Hulu. Comcast owns the remaining thirty-three mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, Disney recorded Comcast interest in Hulu being worth eight point six billion, implying the valuation of a twenty-five point eight billion. So basically <laughs> Disney says your stake is worth eight billion, and Comcast says, no, it's worth twenty-five. <laughs> So, basically, they're doing it again. They're trying to get Disney to spend more money to get what they want. They have no interest in buying Hulu. They just (laughs) want Disney to spend more money to get Hulu. And, honestly, (laughs) I think it's genius. But, for Comcast's sake, I'm going to throw out a theory here that I think is really important. Okay? Go on. Tinfoil hat is on. I'm going to also say that. Sometimes... You have to offer certain things to get what you want. I think Disney is going to tell Comcast we will give you $25 billion for your stake in Hulu but we also get the distribution rights back for the Hulk. Mm -hmm. And maybe that deal already (sighs) happened which is why all this World War Hulk stuff was coming out. I doubt it I again I think if we heard that if that happened it would be everywhere yeah because as for those of you that don't know Universal still owns the distribution rights for a Hulk film the reason why Marvel hasn't made anything with Hulk in the title for a movie since the 2008 one is because Universal has first option rights to distribute that movie Mm -hmm. which is why but Marvel owns the production rights so they can put Hulk in anything they put Hulk in Avengers they put Hulk in Thor Ragnarok
1: yeah She-Hulk now She-Hulk yeah
0: and they own the rights to She-Hulk but they cannot release a movie with hulk in the title without first giving universal the option to release it which of course they'll say yes it's a money printer
1: so would then in that instance would marvel just basically get their money back and then go from there like and, how would that work like if marvel put 200 million dollars they were like we really need to do a hulk movie mm-hmm. universal gets to distribute it does marvel just get their 200 million back and then that's it
0: I, I, maybe it mm-hmm. might just be the produ- whatever the production budget was yeah. back and then universal keeps the profit that might be it mm-hmm. i'm not sure okay that's I, how i was yeah, interpreted yeah. it yeah. i might have to look into the I, i'd have to look into the yeah. details of that deal more but that is a good theory that's how most deals like that go because
1: i think that's the uh, the spider-man
0: yeah
1: situation as well yeah
0: that is the spider-man so
1: now could they do a movie that doesn't have hulk in the title that is a hulk movie like solely no like
0: they could try like
1: could they call it planet h or U- something universal, like that universal
0: universal would sue and win like like it would be one of those
1: that's fair like it's like come on you, ha- you knew this is what yeah. you knew yeah. what this was yeah yeah
0: and i don't know if that deal has an expiration date by the way it might mm-hmm. but um that's just a tinfoil hat theory maybe they'll do that to try to get the rights of the hulk back but um right, I think I feel,
1: I feel like Hulu's more of a money printer than a Hulk.
0: Absolutely. But <laughs> Disney the thing that sucks is Disney already owns majority of Hulu Yeah. and that you can tell they want to put it in Disney Plus. I I want that as well. I think that's a phenomenal idea. Mm-hmm. They just can't because Comcast is like, "Uh uh uh, we still have stake in it." Which
1: I mean, correct for them.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Comcast now, is
1: doing nothing wrong.
0: Now I'm also going to assume, let's assume for a moment, that Comcast wants to buy a Hulu, actually. Yeah. Like, let's take his words at face value and that he's not just trying to get Disney to pay out more. Mm-hmm. Peacock sucks. Mm-hmm. Owning Hulu? Suddenly, Peacock is great. Yeah. But is it worth however many billions it would cost for that?
1: Well, then you either just toss Peacock onto Hulu or you toss Hulu onto Peacock. I think you go with Hulu. I feel like yeah. the brand betters on that. But yeah, no, I I agree. I think that Comcast is doing everything correctly. Yeah, I think so too. Get as much money as possible from Disney. As much money
0: possible. Get them to spend as much money as possible. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's that's business.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And um, but yeah, I just think that's interesting, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I honestly, what I see happening is they wait till 2024. Disney gets the rest of it, and it, they fold Hulu into Disney Plus. I think that's what's going to happen. I would love for the Hulk rights to finally come back home. If they got the distribution rights back to the Hulk, and some meteorite hits the Earth in which Sony gives the rights to Spider-Man back, then they finally own everything. Everything.
1: Oh, Sony should never give that up. A thousand percent no. I mean, I would love them to, yeah, but they I, shouldn't. Great. No, it would yeah. be
0: it would be the biggest. If Sony ever gave up Spider-Man to Marvel, it would be the biggest idiotic decision ever. Like, here's the thing: if you're Sony mm-hmm. and you're selling Spider-Man. You don't sell them for anything less than like 6 billion? Maybe more? Yeah. Lucasfilm was bought for 2 billion. They made that back in a movie.
1: They made that back at Force Awakens. At yeah. Force
0: Awakens. And Lucasfilm encompasses like Willow, Indiana Jones, all that stuff. One movie. Now granted, they bought Lucasfilm from that that was a production company, by the way. It wasn't a one character they didn't buy han solo you know they bought all of lucas (laughs) film george lucas got two billion dollar check it's crazy but like (laughs) i spider-man like the spider-man character the most recent film made almost two billion dollars the one before that made a billion dollars the ones before that made like 800 and venom the venom movies made 800 million morbius eh. but like that's yeah you know yeah
1: yeah the, the sony six. spider-verse has already made like four billion dollars yeah. like relatively an, like,
0: six billion is the cheapest i would offer it honestly i would go out the gate i'd be like 10 billion dollars mm-hmm. because that would take you a few fucking movies it would take you a few years it's a
1: trilogy and a couple spinoffs that yeah. perform
0: yeah well yeah yeah it would yeah. take you a while to get that money back because if you're sony that's what you want like you you know And if you just got a $10 billion check, that'd be awesome. But I don't think anyone's going to pay, like Marvel's not going to pay $10 billion to get Spider-Man because they've proven they don't need him. Yeah. You know, like, like that was the whole reason why Spider-Man was able to go into the MCU was because for eight years, Marvel proved they didn't need him. Mm -hmm. And that's why that deal ever took place. Yeah. Yeah. Weird tangent. But thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before we move on to the box office, I actually want to do a bit of housekeeping. Um, While we love having you guys join and watch us on YouTube, I am reading from a script. Don't judge me. Uh, We get that life gets busy and you're constantly running around. Or maybe you just don't like to see our faces, which I fully understand, especially Nick's. Mm -hmm. So for your listening pleasure, the Movie Nights Roundtable is available in audio-only form on Spotify, Apple, Google, and all other major podcasting platforms. Simply open your podcasting app of choice, type Movie Nights Roundtable into the search, and look for that big yellow logo. Dude, that was good. <laughs> that was a good script. Nick wrote that, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen. That was look good. That. What an ad read, by the way, what folks. Good job. Thanks, man. I liked that. Good Dude, if I get that unscripted, I'm unstoppable. We're going to be done. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Oh, we have a sponsor. Our sponsor. Our sponsor. <laughs> I fucking forgot to mention our sponsor. Oh, my God. I need to briefly... Okay, we made a pre-recorded video. I'm really sorry. Wow, we would have lost a lot of money on that. That is ridiculous. Ladies and gentlemen, please take this word from our sponsor. Today's video is sponsored by no one, because we have no money or global outreach. Fucking A. Again, big thank you to our sponsor. The show wouldn't be possible without you. So anyway, let's move on to the box office, shall we? So opening number one, making $19 million, was The Woman King. Ooh. which i still haven't watched we're behind on movies we are very behind i we're, we gotta see fucking pearl dude i'm gonna we're gonna get into that anyway <laughs> coming in second dropping 40 percent, and i believe it's second weekend top gun maverick <laughs> no barbarian hell yeah i, I just th- saw
1: it again last night i, I think it's a
0: second weekend right
1: Oh, is it open,
0: is. did it open last weekend I
1: think two weekends ago, actually. Oh, was
0: it two? Fuck, two weekends ago. I'm sorry, everybody. But um, it made uh six point three million dollars. Um, coming in third was Pearl. Nice, making three point one million dollars. Ooh, I don't know if it has its budget listed though.
1: I I saw an article saying that I think the first one opened to four, mm-hmm. so it was a little bit of a.
0: Yeah, but I think the first movie was made for $1 million. Was it really? I think. And the second one was made for almost the same. We'll look that up in a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, coming in fourth was See How They Run, also making $3.1 million. Oh, and by the way, reminder, these are the Sunday estimates. So the final numbers could be different tomorrow, which I'll put those numbers in the comments. Or the comments, the description. Video description, yeah. Very tired. See How They Run came in fourth, making seven... Wait. Worldwide, it made seven making $3.1 million. Uh, That looks really good. I got to see that as well. And coming in fifth, beating out Top Gun Maverick, Bullet Train. Bullet Train still make it, man. It is slow. Bullet Train came out so long ago. Making another $2.5 million. Top Gun Maverick did come in sixth, though. Um, Bullet Train's worldwide total is now $222 million. And it has officially made 2.6 times its budget. Profitable. Oh. Good job, Bullet Train. Um, I really like that movie. Uh top I'm just gonna look at some worldwide's here. Top Gun mavericks Worldwide Totals now at 1.463. Um, let me see if Jurassic World ended up making it. Nope, nine nine six. Damn.
1: It it's insane to me just seeing hearing these numbers based on like stuff we had at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Where it's like the fact that the number fifth the fifth movie made like just over two million dollars. Yeah. Where before it was like the fifth movie was like twenty, 20 million. Yeah. And you're like, what's
0: happening right yeah. now? Yeah. yeah. It's it's not great. Um let's see how much what? go to your
1: local theater, support them.
0: Yeah, so X's budget was one million dollars. Which is crazy. And uh, Pearl's budget, it was also $1 million. Like, I assume it's around the same. Mm-hmm. It's not more. No, definitely not. So, $3 million, it's too... Profitable! <laughs> Profitable! I'll tell you what, they marketed the shit out of Pearl. It was yes, every time I opened an app. And by the way, I saw a thing. I, I was already going to watch Pearl because we love the movie X, and this is a prequel to that movie, in mm-hmm. the same year. Love it. Do that more.
1: Next year gets a sequel.
0: Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Um what I loved about it was the marketing and something I heard and I was already going to go see it was this movie is psycho meets the wizard of Oz. And oh, I yeah. was like all about that. Please give me more of that.
1: My favorite review I saw was it's a technicolor nightmare. Like, like in, in, well. in a good
0: sense. Yes. That is awesome. <laughs> But yeah. but yeah, but that's the top five box office of the last weekend. And before we go, we do have a movie review for you guys. We did see one movie.
1: We did on, on a
0: Tuesday. On Tuesday. Because it was a Fathom event. Ladies and gentlemen, we saw a movie I've been looking forward to for many, 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 many years. It's 2006. Yes. <laughs> that little movie was called Clerks 3. Which, by the way, I'm reading that through t- tonight. It should have, from Fathom events, about $2 million total. Okay. And it made it on a budget of seven. And with the tour that he's doing, he'll make that shit back easy. Should clear it, yeah. yeah. But let's talk about Clerks 3. Where to begin? Where to begin? First of all, I didn't dislike Jane Silent Bob reboot, but I also admit that I mostly like that movie because I'm a Kevin Smith fan and because I love the Viewers universe.
1: I feel like that's most Kevin Smith movies really do... Mm-hmm. A lot of heavy lifting on you just liking him,
0: yeah, especially like post Clerks 2. Yeah, I think, but I will say Clerks 3, I thoroughly enjoyed one as a Kevin Smith fan, two, I thought the drama worked as good, if not better, than the comedy did. Kind of going back to the chasing Amy ness of Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. three, the performance. I look, I love Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson, like Dante and Randall. Iconic people In my Sphere of movies Yeah Both of them Crushed
1: it Way better than They had any right To be based yes. off of Not really acting much Since Clerks 2 Yeah
0: And here's the thing they, they, They're they not bad act. Like they weren't bad In no. the other films yeah. But like like you said Just the gap Of not really doing much work And just coming out the gate Fucking swinging Yeah Unbelievable Um, but The film had some surprises And turns that I didn't Expect it to have It broke my heart In the first like Two minutes Yeah you see something on the register and I literally, the whole theater was like, <gasps> like when you saw it, like, I don't know if you, I heard like, a yeah, no, of I gasps. did too. Yeah. yeah. Like it was like, oh my God. It, and yeah. Um, Jason Mewes, the Jane and Simon Bob characters, very well used.
1: I think the best use of them personally, it yeah. was very good. Sometimes they can be a little, they can be a lot overpowered. Yeah. depend, And it's like, okay, no, this isn't the Jane and Simon Bob movie. Let's mm-hmm. yeah, tone it back a bit.
0: Mm hmm. But I, I thought they were well used. Um, I like the meta ness of the movie. It, it was a celebration of like Kevin Smith's career, while also just being a staple, a staple, a staple of when he had his heart attack. Yeah, and you know how he looks at life now. And as someone who I'm going to be honest, guys, I had a Nick was right there. <laughs> I had a visceral emotional reaction to the movie. I cried like a baby. I cried after the movie, talking about the movie. Nick didn't leave dry eyed either I do want to point out I did
1: cry a few times but Man it was good tears though Yeah like Uh, god And like a lot of that movie hits home On certain things which We don't want to go into spoilers But like all of a sudden you just get like gut punch after gut punch And you're like that's just not okay Yeah yeah
0: it was a lot but like What really did it for me like the first For those that don't know the first Clerks movie Is very Influ was very Influential on me uh, like pursuing movies and filmmaking, like that was the movie where I was like, "Oh, I can do this." Mm-hmm. And I loved how it was written. I loved the characters in the movie and how it was made. It was, it was, it was one of the most inspiring pieces of work where I'm like, "Holy shit, I can do this too!" Mm-hmm. Like it was very. It really left a mark on me. Um, Clerks two. The first time I watched it, I actually saw Clerks two before Clerks one when I was a kid. I saw it, it was like, "Oh, it's a comedy movie." Yeah clerks two later in life when i watched it right as i was like graduating high school hits on an entire that then that movie grew to hit me as much as the first one did mm-hmm. not the first time a couple times i saw it but when you got to a certain point in your life it just nailed me in the heart and this one like the first clerks movie the third the further one the third one hit me the first time i watched it and <laughs> that it was right at the point in my life not physically where the characters are, because they're, you know, in their fifties and yeah. gone through some stuff, but what they were doing and the emotional arguments, like I've they had arguments in the movie that I've had with people. Like I like it's <laughs> yeah. it was very, very touching and emotional to mm-hmm. me. With that being said, I know a lot of moviegoers who would not like the movie, just who wouldn't who don't really like Kevin Smith's humor or that style. I do think this is more of a... Like, I don't think you could even watch Janssen and Bob Reboot if you didn't like Kevin Smith. I do think you could watch this. Yeah. But it it helps a lot seeing the first two and knowing the story of how the first Clerks movie got made. Like, that helps a lot.
1: I think the issue, too, is a lot of the movies, like Clerks and Clerks do well, I I think they are great. Mm -hmm. A lot of the humor and references are very dated. Dated. So I feel like vulgar so i feel like if someone hadn't is hearing this review and hasn't seen them like watching one and two they're gonna be like they want me to go see a third one Mm -hmm. you know i feel like it's unfortunately a product of having seen them in the past already yeah but i'll tell you what from a directing standpoint some of his (laughs) better work yeah like with the camera uh the way certain scenes play out from a color perspective like everything
0: just yeah especially emotionally and like yeah there's a great sequence, it might be the best sequence in the movie, where they're shooting a scene, because like, for those who that don't know, the plot of the movie is Randall wants to make the movie, cl- wants to make Clerks. Yeah,
1: one of the characters has a heart attack, a heart attack like, like yeah. Kevin Smith did, but instead of making Clerks 3, they're making the first Clerks. clerks. yeah, and it's... In universe. Yeah,
0: and it's a very meta moment, yeah. so the, the characters, the third film in the journey you're watching is them looking back on their journey at the beginning and making the movie that we've already scene. It's mm-hmm. very meta, but they're making the movie and there's a scene where um they're, you know, the if you're familiar with the first clerks, you know the shot it's when Dante's laying on the freezer, um Randall sitting next to him in black and white. In black and white. And then they're playing the scene as if they're shooting the, the fake movie, but then it would cut to color to Dante laying on the freezer as he says his lines and his lines are reflecting how he's personally feeling and it would cut back and forth from the movie they were filming to how Dante's really feeling. Like, I thought that sequence was
1: great. Yeah, that's, what they, that's like his best and, directing. And, of-
0: and, and like, the the monologue he gave at the end of that, fucking yeah. unbelievable. Like, there's some really good shit in the movie. And Jason and Bob, always funny. Oh, it's hysterical. They, they they So for some of it, they reshoot scenes from the first clerks because they're making the clerks movie and they did one of my favorite scenes and it's when he tells the lady you're not allowed to shop here anymore and jay goes yeah (laughs) i love that scene so much it's so good but um jason muse was great (laughs) one of my it does have one of my favorite jay moments when he's like i'm gonna stop you right there who the fuck is dante yeah
1: I, I think what really comes Ugh. across in this movie is that it is a movie about the love of making movies. Yes,
0: which is why it hit us very personally. So
1: I feel like that just plays so well, and there's a lot of inside references to the greater Kevin Smith, View U.S.K.U. universe that I think plays well. There's a ton of cameos, mm-hmm. which some of these actors popped up, and I was like, oh. wow, he got them. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no, I mean I, I I wanna watch it again and just see if I have that same like yeah. strong emotional. Oh I'm reaction. getting the
0: Blu-ray, no doubt. Yeah. No
1: doubt. But I mean I think it's my favorite Clerks movie, probably my favorite Kevin Smith movie off of just the initial viewing.
0: Yeah. I I don't know if it's my favorite Kevin Smith movie, mm-hmm. but it's up there. It's in the upper echelon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love Clerks too. Yeah. And I love chasing Amy. I love Dogma. Damn, I'm I'm just thinking about. All the <laughs> now Smith you're just movies. naming Kevin Smith yeah, movies. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, Zach and Mary is so underrated. That movie <laughs> is and Mary make a porno. hilarious. Yeah. Tusk. T- Dude, Tusk is fantastic. They're making tusks. Did you hear that? No. They're making a movie called Tusks, and Justin like, Long is coming. Actually, back. yes. Justin Long is back, and I love it. He's <laughs> been in Justin so much Long. lately, and Dude, I'm here for Justin it. Justin Long is a great... We could talk about Justin Long for three hours. But yes, it, it's a huge recommend for me, for Clerks 3, pending you're a fan of that type of movie, yeah. as- and especially recommend if you've seen the first two. If you haven't seen the first two, I would say the experience would be would differ greatly. Wa-
1: watch them with some hesitancy. They are un- un- a product of their time. Product
0: of their time, but they're still great yeah i love them <laughs> if you didn't tell someone about the first clerks like what it is and like it was made for like twenty seven thousand dollars, people would turn that movie and be like what the fuck is this
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so great
1: i i would agree with your your consensus definitely a recommend
0: yes yes very much so very much so <clears throat> got
1: another a, reading got
0: to pull out the old pages here gotta get my knee my glasses If you liked what you heard today and want more, don't forget to subscribe to the official Movie Nights YouTube channel for weekly shows and movie reviews. You can also check out our social channels where we post updates, short video clips, and more. Those links can be found in the video description. Man, I hope I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) That would be embarrassing. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that's it for the show today, guys, unless you had something.
1: Uh, No, that's about it for me.
0: Sick. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you next week.